0: just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. pats pulpit podcast i am alex shane here with you covering the patriots as week six of the nfl is in the books as always with my good buddy rich hill talking about yet another home loss pats are now two and four on the season dropping an overtime thriller to the cowboys a game honestly they probably shouldn't have been in but due to the magic of football and the weirdness of this sport they found themselves right in it to the very end Maybe some questionable play calls, maybe a few drops. Who knows what would have happened otherwise? But ends of the breaks. Pats are two and four, and I'm not feeling great, Rich Hill. But I'll tell you what, buddy, I'm not as despondent as maybe some other folks around New England this morning. How come? Why are you feeling that way? Because I feel like the Patriots, this is one of those teams that while they can lose to anybody in the NFL, as evidenced this is the past six weeks, I think they <laughs> can also beat anybody in the NFL. And if they can just fix a few key issues and maybe do a couple of uh, more less conservative play calls on third and short and fourth and short, and again, like I said, they're, they're two and four, but they're, I could probably list you three plays right now that would put them at four and two instead of 2-4, and and I think sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, and the football gods are cruel, but they usually tend to balance things out, and I do think that this team has the talent to maybe get hot and make a run, and the Bills lost to the Titans, the Dolphins are terrible, the Jets are terrible, they're right now one game out of both the seven seed, and they're one game out of first place in the AFC East, they're tied first place in the AFC East, so it's not like the season's over, they just have to kind of figure themselves out, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm being optimistic.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is a unique position, because I kind of feel differently I feel like it's not that they can beat anyone, it's that they can find themselves in a position to lose to anyone. Uh one of the biggest issues that I've seen is, and I agree with you, they're like three plays away from being five and one. Right? If they if Damian Harris doesn't fumble against the Dolphins in week one, if you know they get one more play to get uh, Nick Folk closer to field goal range against the Bucks, or you know, instead of going for a fifty six yard field goal, going for it uh on third and three and fourth and three, like they could have beaten the Buccaneers and honestly if they had tried just a little bit more, they, they could have beaten the Cowboys. So they're just like a couple plays away from being that good. But I think I, I look at their their wins that have happened this year. Uh, Alec, they've beaten the Jets and the Texans. That's not good. That's, like, if they can't beat those teams, then they should get the first overall pick. But the fact that like those are their two wins, they've also lost to the Dolphins and the opener, like this is not a team that has found a way to beat good teams which is what they need to do in order to show any sort of sustained success the things that i see are more concerning because it is evident to me that bill belichick as head coach does not trust this offense and i am getting shades of like 2009 and 2020 (laughs) when the patriots have kind of just like given up on the year and belichick's like these guys can't do what i want them to do and uh, i think that just means we're in for a long
0: season yeah, what's weird to me about, I mean, I I think your you you your your eyes don't deceive you in that there seems to be some kind of just lack of trust in the offense. And while I think in 2009. In 2020, I think that was a little more justified. You know, 2020, this Cam Newton couldn't quite figure out the playbook, and his, his mechanics were mm-hmm. off, and they just weren't uh, a very good team. 2009, they were kind of in a, a Patriots version of a rebuild, like Brady coming off the surgery, and yep. there was some dissension in the locker room, and like that that made sense. But I feel like it, it doesn't pass the eye test in 2021. Totally. I think the offense looks good, yep. and I think they have a young quarterback who's playing well, who is very accurate, who is moving the chains when he needs to, and they'll do things, and they'll have like a tip pass, and it'll be third and three. And what happens on third and three, Rich Hill? What do, what do we do?
1: Uh, run up the middle with Brandon Bolden.
0: Yes, that's correct, for <laughs> no gain. That's exactly what we do. It smacks at <sighs> the 2009 fullback dive to Sammy Morris for no gain, and it's fourth and three, and what do we do? We punt. And so it just seems like he is maybe – so ensconced in his ability to just play conservative football and just do what he knows best that he's not really seeing the forest for the trees and letting this offense kind of click in the way that I think it's capable of. So, I hope they haven't mailed it in because, well, I could have justified mailing it in 2020 and 2009. I don't think that's the case in 2021 because this team could could be good. I really do think
1: that. I completely agree. I think that there's so much talent here, and the fact that they're two and four is like pretty inexcusable, right? I mean, I I look up and down this roster, and Mac Jones has been great. You know, there's been some bad like interception luck on his end, uh, and also like a few bad plays, but like. He has been exceeding all expectations as a rookie quarterback. He has been putting the Patriots in position to uh, to succeed only for Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels to not even give him a chance to win. You know they're they're getting in that position where they could have that victory, and then Belichick's like, "All right, I'm gonna take the low percentage play here," or like, "I'm not even gonna try." Like this week against, uh, right before halftime, the fact that they had 90 seconds on the clock and they chose to kneel out the first half is completely inexcusable. There's not a single piece of evidence that should support that decision making. Like the fact that Mac Jones has been outstanding in the two minute drill, the fact that in the previous three one score games that the Patriots have had this year, all three winning teams in those one score games scored a field goal right before halftime. And like this was always going to be a close game. And so you cannot intentionally concede any drive where you could have a chance to score. You know, worst case scenario is that you don't make any progress. You punt it back to the, the Cowboys. And you know what? They'll have, like, 50 seconds on the clock, and they'll probably kneel it out. You know, it's like you need to at least try to do something there. And it's kind of inexcusable for them not to because, as you said, there's a lot of talent on this offense.
0: There is. And, again, there's not any any world beaters. There's not anybody that's going to – it's not like a true kind of Gronkowski or a Julio Jones, like a stud. But there's enough good, good players who are playing well and are starting to click – that it just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense what we're seeing. But again, man, like, like you mentioned, like there's just a couple of plays. There's a couple of plays away. Like I really think that if Nelson Aguilar had held on to that slant in overtime where he had a lot of green in front of him and one safety to beat, he wouldn't have broken out for the whole thing. But that would have would have been a game changer right there. Um, if for some reason the Patriots can figure out how to, A, not hand it off to Brandon Bolden on <laughs> third and short, and B, on the defensive side of the ball, not to give up Whatever yards they need, minus one on third down to set up short. Uh, that third was it? Third and twenty-five, yep. where they gave up twenty-four yards. That what a backbreaker that was. There are just a couple of these these little things they kind of need to figure out, and it, it's still pretty early in the season. We're not super early. We're getting towards the halfway point already. But again, like I, I guess uh, maybe it's um it's rose-colored glasses, but I think that they they do have the the personnel and the ability. Make a run, and with the AFC East being as muddled as it is, with the Bills losing to the Titans at three and three right now, and the AFC in, is in general, so I feel like the the difference between a four and two team and a two and four team isn't as vast a gap as it has been in seasons past. And if they can just make a couple of adjustments and maybe have kind of a come to God moment, so to speak. I don't know. Who knows with the second half of seasonal brain?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think that they do have the pieces there. I do think that they're also just like making weird coaching decisions time and time again, and like that to me is indicative of uh, me not having a lot of hope that they'll figure it out. Because it's it's one thing if the, like the play here or there was like oh there was a mental breakdown and like they weren't able to do it, but you know what? I have hope that they'll do it next time. That'd be one thing. Like if Algalore's drop was the only reason that they didn't win, like. Okay, I can be okay with that. Like, I can be okay with certain breakdowns that can lead to it. I think that when you come to coaching decisions and you're like, uh, I'm not going to play some of our best players. Like, what you were saying with, like, I'm going to put Brandon Bolden in over Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson. Why would you ever do that? Why would you ever do that? Like, I I like Bolden. uh, But you remove his 24-yard carry that he had. He's had seven other carries for four yards. He's not been effective out there. And so you put in Damien Harris, you put in Ramondre Stevenson, you're going to have a much more efficient time out there, uh, at least giving them a chance in short yardage. So it's weird that they're not doing that. It's weird that it's taken them so long to put Michael and Wainu at right tackle. It's weird that they're not giving Josh Uche uh, or Chase Winovich more time out there. We've seen Uche play just drop off. You know, he, he played 48% uh, of the snaps against the Jets, 40% against the Bucs. He's down to 24% against the Texans and 29% against the Cowboys. These are their young star players, and they're not giving them opportunities out there out there and it doesn't make sense and I, 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 that's where my biggest concern is is that i'm not seeing the just small little mental errors or breakdowns from players on the field that has led to these issues like I'm seeing there's like a fundamental coaching issue where they're not taking the necessary risks that they need in order to win because they don't have Tom Brady out there. They're not going to be scoring 30 points every single week. They need to take every chance they can get. And for whatever reason, Bill Belichick is being way too conservative for a team of this stature to even have a chance to win against some of these better teams.
0: It's weird, man. He's a stats guy. He, he knows numbers inside and out. And you figure by now, just the way the NFL is evolving and the way that you're seeing offenses unfold as the season goes on, as the years go on, that fourth and short is a pretty high percentage play. It just is, especially if you have a quarterback like Mac Jones, who's really, really good at these short intermediate passes, and you have running backs like Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. I, I personally trust Ramondre Stevenson to gain two yards on fourth and one. Yep. I do. Uh he may fumble it, but I and I'd rather them fumble it and, and go for it than punt it, especially in a game like the Dallas game where I believe the last four or five of Dallas's drives were all non play seventy plus yard drives that got them into scoring range. The only time they didn't score is they missed the field goal. So they were able to score on every single drive. So there's no indicator whatsoever that this Patriots defense will be able to stop Dallas. So why they'd punt it on fourth and two from the forty six when Dallas is probably going to drive down regardless, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, one thing maybe I, this might be a very simplistic way to look at it, Rich, and, and, uh, I may be, again, looking at it from the, an incorrect lens. But one of the biggest surprises to me in the 2021 season, besides the play of Mac Jones, which is a good thing, it's one of the biggest negative surprises to me, was I really never thought going into this season that one of the biggest, if not the biggest liabilities on this Patriots team was the offensive line. Yep, I think we were both very high on the offensive line. We were bringing most of the starters back. It was a really good unit. at an individual level, it's very talented all across that line. David San- David Angel all the way on out. And I think they have been the biggest liability on this team. And I'm wondering if that might be some situation where if they can figure out a way to adjust or fix or whatever they have to do to get themselves a little more cohesive, which might give Belichick more confidence in the offense's ability because Mac Jones will have more time. They'll be better at the line. It'll give the defense more time to rest because there'll be less three and outs. They won't be on the field for 40 minutes. And maybe it's it's as simple as that, just addressing the offensive line and, and kind of everything falling into place around there. But the problem with that is, again, I just don't know what it is about that line that that makes them so shaky. Maybe it's the inconsistency. Different guys have been starting; they need to gel. I know some guys from the COVID list. I know guys weren't mm-hmm. able to, have to practice as much this past week. They've gone up against some very good defensive fronts. You got to give other, other opposing team credit for for doing what they do. But maybe I don't know. Maybe if they can just address the offensive line, it'll it'll kind of help give the offense more confidence, give Belichick more confidence, give the defense more time to rest on the sidelines, have to spend less time out there trying to defend long fields. But again, maybe that's just, uh, just a pipe dream.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I don't think you're wrong there. I think one of the issues I've had has been a lot of the injuries. I and mean, I think losing Trent Brown so early in the year has caused them a lot of issues. And this is where some of the coaching questions come into play, is that they've been playing Justin Heron and Durant out there at right tackle, and they've both been bad, as well as Yoni Cajuste. Like, all three of them have been bad at offensive tackle. And Isaiah Wynn, when he's been available on left tackle, he has been okay. He has been mediocre, which is fine. You can have two mediocre tackles and succeed. But when you have a mediocre tackle and a bad tackle, you're in a lot of problem because you have to chip both sides. And that just removes a lot of your opportunities out there because Isaiah Wynn is not going to be able to hold off uh, enough you know, defensive pressure. And so the question has been, uh, Michael O'Neill was an elite right tackle and you're having him play at right guard, which is fine, but, like, he, or at left guard, but you also have Ted Karras, who is a good replacement-level interior lineman. And so the fact that the very obvious best choice for offensive line would have Isaiah Wynn, Ted Karras, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Michael Nguyenu. That was, like, very evident from day one of losing Trent Brown. And the fact that they didn't make that adjustment until now is very inexcusable from a coaching decision. It's like them still trying to force a square peg into a round hole. It just hasn't made sense. They've been taking way too long to make adjustments, and and that's been my point of concern. But, like, you know what? Hopefully, with Onwena out there, they finally have made that decision to put him there. Perhaps they could settle down. But this could be the turning point. Uh, and then, you know, even when Trent Brown returns, that could make it even stronger. And, you know, maybe they'll put him at left tackle. Who knows? Uh, he might be an upgrade over Isaiah Wynn.
0: That's possible. Has anyone spent some time at guard? You can move him to the inside. You have a swing guard. I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, injury obviously is a factor. And we've always agreed on this. Is, you know, offensive line is probably the most important unit for everyone to play a lot of snaps together. They all kind of move together. It's like that movie 300, the Spartan Phalanx, right? They're all kind of one cohesive unit. And if one guy is off, that really does disrupt the assignations and the blocking schemes of the guys that's left and the right of them. But you know that might be a little little optimistic because there there's more more problems than than just that. Uh, again, I, it really does to start with the the play calling, and I and I really I I'm, obviously we're Patriots fans and we're 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 all nut jobs, and I've heard people talk me like, oh, do you think the Patriots are treating this whole season like one big preseason and just trying out different positions, different guys, <laughs> and see what works for next year? I'm like, no, no way. I want, 100% do not think that. Surfing, so sort of thinking, of out and just experimenting making the push of 2022. Just because you're not going to win the Super Bowl this year doesn't mean you just nail the whole season in. But you'd figure at this point, you know, it's mid to late October, and October, as Belichick has always said, is when you kind of figure out who you are as a team. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like there's just, just something fundamental missing, and I can't quite put my finger on it. But, again, I I, I do think that it, it gets, maybe it's just – the the notion of just the the ability they have the talent they have like it just shouldn't be like this and so I don't really know how I'm supposed to react as a fan when they lose to probably the second best team in the NFC they take them all the way to overtime with the rookie quarterback in other realities I'd be thrilled with that but in this one while I'm still optimistic on the season as a whole like I mentioned. It's a bad taste in your
1: mouth, you know? Oh, totally, totally. And, like, they took the Bucks to the wire as well. You know, these are two really quality NFC yeah. teams, uh, and it's been just bad coaching decisions. Like, you know, it was great coaching that put the Patriots in the place to even beat the Bucs, but it was a lot of really bad decisions that lost them the game from the coaching side. So my question to you, Alec, if you were in charge of this team, what are, like, two or three changes that you would make heading into, like, the meat of the season here? To make them be more competitive.
0: What I would do again, I think at first I would I would I would take my offensive line suggestion that you said and stick to that. I get Owenu at white tackle. I leave Isaiah Wynn at left tackle. Maybe when Trent Brown comes back, you move Trent to right tackle and, and Wynn to left tackle, win the guard. But I'd, I'd get those and I try to stick with those guys as much as possible. And I'd shore that offensive line up. As well as one thing I'm very confused about. I think mean, this might go back to just like a lack of coaching acumen or lack of confidence in the offensive line. One of the first things the Patriots did in this past offseason was spent a lot of money for a very versatile, very rangy, a receiving tight end named John Smith, mm-hmm. and I, he got one screen pass— I think early in the Dallas game to set up their first touchdown of the day, if I remember correctly. And I'm like, yes, that's what I want to see. Get the ball in his hands quickly in space. They, they they had him close to the line. They motioned him out. There was a mismatch. They caught the screen and he went in. And I don't think he's gotten a single carry, maybe, maybe one or two carries all season. I just don't think they're really utilizing the move tight end the way I figured they brought him in for. I think Hunter Henry's coming into his own. He had that nice touchdown grab. has got two now in two games. I think they they figured out how to use him but I don't think Johnny Smith has been the the player that they wanted him to be through no fault of his own. So I'd like to see, maybe they're they're interrelated again because tight ends and offensive linemen are kind of in the same wheelhouse, but maybe if they can get the offensive line unit where they need it to be and start utilizing Johnnie Smith more to be more of a mismatch, to open up the underneath routes, to get maybe a deep shot to Nelson Aguilar, or maybe Nikhil Harry does something besides draw a penalty for a first down once per <laughs> game. I feel like Johnnie Smith really could be the key to the offense that's missing and let's figure out how to use him.
1: Oh, I completely agree. I mean, like, I'm, I'm going to just copy you completely. I have some ideas on both sides of the ball, but absolutely. I, I think what they should do on offensive line is put on Wayne at right tackle full-time. Full-time. Put Ted Karras at left guard. Isaiah Wynn can stay at left tackle. But when Trent Brown returns, put Trent Brown at left tackle. He was great for the Patriots at left tackle when he was here last time. He played every single game at left tackle for them left time. Let him go there. We know Unwenu is great at right tackle. Brown is great at left tackle. And then you can have Ted Garris and Isaiah Wynn compete for who is the better left guard. Because Wynn has not been a good tackle for the Patriots. He's been very mediocre. But part of it is, you know, one of his flaws coming out of college, slash like just based off of his build, he's short. He doesn't have the arm length. He doesn't have what the Patriots look for at that tackle position. But he does have the build for a good interior lineman, and I could see him being a very good left guard. And I, I think that that's what they should do at that spot. I 100% agree that they should get Johnny Smith more involved. I feel like he had that bad uh, what was it pick six sort of a thing that happened the other a few weeks ago uh, against the Saints, where they took the ball out, and he's been in the doghouse ever since. Uh, but I, I think he is, for my mind, uh, and I get, you know the stats support it the best yards after the catch tight end in the entire league, and they're not giving him opportunities to get the ball in space. They're just not giving him those opportunities. I don't count the screen passes. That's just like asking for them to be tripped up. Get him a little bit more creativity to give him the ball. I I don't like that. It's been the only way that they've been throwing him the ball. Um, but I, I think that they have so much balance on offense with Myers and Bourne and Aguilar out on the at receiver, Henry and Smith, Harris and Stevenson. They're very good. Let Stevenson play instead of Bolden. Bolden is very limited. Stevenson has shown a lot of capabilities as a receiving back. Let him do that. I know you have concerns about his ability to do pass protection, but like, honestly, they they need more offensive ability out there. And you know what? Just run the ball instead with Stevenson because he's a better runner than Brandon Bolden. And those are just like the small changes that I think would happen on offense that could get them more points because this defense is not bad. I know they're coming off of the worst defensive performance of, like, Belichick's entire career. Like, no team has put up more yards against the Patriots defense than the Cowboys did. Uh, but in part, that's because of overtime. I think that this is a solid defense. They've just never been in a position where they can have the lead. You know, the same issue as last year, where this is a team built to play from ahead, where they can force a lot of turnovers. You know, that's where J.C. Jackson really shines. And once you get those turnovers, then you can start running away with it on offense. But they've just never been able to play from ahead this, this year in any real capacity. They've been a solid run defense. They've been a solid pass defense. It's just that uh, when the other team is able to just like keep pushing the ball down the field because the, the Patriots don't have a lead and can't really dictate the game scheme, then the other team's gonna have success because you know the Patriots have been doing what they've wanted with them having really long drives. Uh, it's just that they've been allowing the other team to kind of dictate the game script.
0: They have. And it also starts up front with the inability to stop the run. I mean, if the team can't stop the run and they're setting up a lot of second and shorts, it's just very hard to stay out, get off the field. And all the more reason to go back to our earlier point about offensive possessions are going to be very valuable to the Patriots if your defense can't really stop the run. So you're going to have to start going for it a lot more and stop giving it to Brandon Bolden on third down. But we're talking about defense right now and. This might not be the best way to close a podcast where we're talking about a loss, but I need to bring it up to somebody. I have to vent to somebody that understands. I'm a little worried, not worried, but I feel like Devin McCourty might be on his way out the door in terms of his ability to play. He's getting old. He's 31. He's He's a Patriots Hall of Famer. I love him, but I just feel like he's really not the player he was in seasons past. And... Uh, maybe the coaching staff starting to see that and they don't really have a replacement for him yet. Cause Kyle Duggar is not the McCourty style player. Jalen Mills is really more of a, a, a slot cornerback and they don't really have that kind of deep safety. And maybe they were hinging on him being a better player this season and it's kind of trickling down. And I hate to say
1: that. Yeah, I mean, like to be fair, like uh, he's actually 34 years old, so he's very He's me. very right. well within his rights to be uh, done with football at this age. Uh, and I, I part of me wondered. I mean, he's been contemplating retirement for the past couple of years, and I think that part of him is sticking around because he, in my mind, is one of maybe three players that has been tasked with carrying forward this Patriots mentality you know like what is uh the whole like play like a patriot or whatever that they call it the patriot way he is one of the few players he and matthew slater and dante hightower are the three players that i can think of that i'm like okay they embody the patriot way and they're passing it to the next generation to a much lower degree i could say david andrews is doing something similar and you know what brian hoyer sure but I, I would say that, like, this is not a team that has a lot of veterans that can, like, carry forward the mentality necessary to play winning football. And there is so much of a mental component to what teams are able to do. What is the energy in the locker and what is the energy off the field that makes them a winning team? And I think, and I completely agree with you, I think that Devin McCordy is, is definitely on the downturn. I, I think that he's finally playing his, like, last game. But I agree with you as well that they don't have a strong backup. I personally think that uh, they need Jalen Mills more (laughs) at cornerback than they do at free safety because they don't have a lot of depth out there opposite of J.C. Jackson. But I am wondering if Jonathan Jones... Could be that long-term solution uh, behind Devin McCourty and Jones has been playing a lot of football this year. He's a great slot corner. He's also, you know, 28 years old. He's a good, 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 speedy player. He has the range necessary to be a good deep free safety. They've practiced him a little bit at uh, at safety during the offseason, uh, but he's been the nickel guy for for most of the regular year. I think he has a good nose for the football. I think that he could be a good safety in the long term, and it would get him on the field more regularly because Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar are not coming off the field. They're both too good in order to, to remove them. Um, but I, I think that the biggest issue for the Patriots is that they don't have any depth at cornerback, so they don't have the flexibility to do a lot of those changes that they might want to.
0: What a what a classic example of the the beautiful cruelty of football where Alec and Rich are breaking down how strong the offensive line and secondary is going to be in, like, artists. And here we are in week six, being like, oh, man, the all-line sucks, there's no deep depth in the secondary. <laughs> them is the breaks, Rich Hill. But luckily – a, NFC team. So, again, if the Patriots make the playoffs, this is this going to have any kind of tiebreakers situations? The Dallas is a better team than the Patriots. They should have won by, like, three scores. I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that fumbled the goal line. It was a weird pick. They missed a field goal. Like, this game should have been over a long time ago. Pats were lucky to hang on as long as they did. It is what it is. And maybe, I'm not going to make my prediction yet because that's for our Thursday podcast, but the Jets are coming to town and I can definitively say the Jets are a worse team than the Patriots are, and so I think this is a good chance for a bounce-back game for Week 7. I
1: hope so. I really do, (laughs) Uh, because uh, if they can't beat this Jets team, we can just call in the season. Jets are coming off of a bye week. Um, Somehow their win was against the Titans in overtime uh, who just beat the Bills. Um, So, weird team, (laughs) Um, but otherwise, this has been an atrocious, atrocious, atrocious Jets team. So, so, um, we'll break that down later in the week um, but Alec do you have any final thoughts on the two and four Patriots
0: I have a lot of final thoughts on the two and four Patriots but I gotta go so we'll, we'll deal with that later
1: <laughs> alright well until next time Alec you have a good one
0: see you buddy see ya there